Comedy LOL Podcast Network. And um, they're trying to run from something. So what is it you were trying to run from? That's what you need to face. This is the story at the center of every single hero's journey movie that you see. Think of the Matrix. You know, what was Neo afraid of? He he was Neo in the Matrix, thought he wasn't good enough. He thought he wasn't the one. Why? Why? Because he had self-hate. Because the way he was raised in the society, he was taught to hate himself. He was taught that the feelings that he felt and the intuition and the voice that came from the inside was wrong. And that was evil. And that was the voice of the devil. And then he has to listen to the voice of wiser people outside of him. You know, he had to listen to his boss. He had to listen to the government. He had to listen to society. And he had to dress the way they told him. He had to act the way they told him. And anything that came from within, that's evil. And you need to fight that. And what happens when somebody's taught like that and they're raised like that from a child? And that's what I argue. That's how we're raised from a child, we're always uh, raised to, conditioned in a way to where we want to, we, we need our validation externally. We always look for, we look externally to sources of validation instead of trying to validate ourselves. And that's really, like I said, it comes from self-hate because we're taught to hate ourselves because we're not perfect. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Brandon Bonanza podcast. I know it's been a while since I've recorded a Brandon Bonanza, especially since I've recorded a solo podcast. I think I'm going to have to get back to doing this more regularly. It's a lot less work. Um, you know, videos are a lot of fun. I've been focusing on that those lately. If you haven't seen my videos, please check them out. Go to morelawsmoreproblems.com. Click on videos. I've been doing some roundtables. I've been talking to some uh, controversial figures, as it turns out. Talked to a couple doctors. And uh, the reason that I'm recording this podcast and I want to talk is because of all this craziness that goes on as I record this podcast on May 8th, 2020. Um, there's a lot of craziness going on, a lot of division, a lot of arguing, a lot of people screaming at each other, a lot online I'm seeing mostly. You know, when I go out in public, um, I don't really see the division as much. I'll tell you that most people in public right now, they don't even want to talk to you. I, you know, um, but online, it's a whole different story. People are just going crazy. And the reason why I wanted to record this podcast was because I feel that if you're somebody who like me, um, feels that you have some information and you're trying to get it out there to people and you don't think they're listening to you. And I think this can apply to people on any side of an argument. You know, and that's why I'm recording this podcast and I'm not even going to actually get into um, sides about anything. I'm just going to talk about what I've learned and maybe people can use that as a example when talking to other people. And what I've learned is that if you really want to reach somebody when you're talking to them and you really want to make a difference and you really want to do something positive. You know, I, I feel that anybody who is like, for example, if I post something and somebody disagrees with it and so they comment, I don't think they're doing it because they're an evil person. I think that they're doing it because they feel that they have the truth and they're trying to inform me and they're trying to help me. And if I could come at it from that place every time and think about it that way and empathize with this person and try to imagine, um, you know, why they're actually posting this instead of looking at it and reading it and taking it as an insult 
against myself and taking it as, you know, oh, this person must think I'm stupid, you know, so, and that's what I normally would do. I'm not even going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say like I'm this perfect normal person. This is actually an exercise that I try to do on a daily basis and it's not easy. Because it does feel like an assault, especially when people say things and they could be sarcastic and rude. Um, and I get it. It's it's really because I feel the same way. If I feel like if I know something about a subject and I spend a lot of time on it and somebody's out there spreading lies, I get very passionate and I want to let them know as well. But what I have to remember is, you know, what's the reason? What's the reason behind their action? And I'm not saying that I have to agree with her action at all. And this is something that works for anything that's going on. I mean, you could see, you know, take the worst example in the world. Uh, we'll just say like Jeffrey Dahmer, right? He's out there murdering people. And so you, you could say, oh, he's a terrible monster, which obviously he is. But is he just a monster? That's it? And we're just going to label him a monster and throw him in a cage and we don't want to figure out why he would do this or what would cause someone to do this. So uh, using the same example, <laughs> you know, and this is a, another good exercise too, because when somebody posts on something you put out, you, obviously you're going to get very mad. But if you use this context and think to yourself, listen, all it really is is somebody at their house on their phone, typing a couple words into Facebook and posting it. You know, it's not somebody out there like Jeffrey Dahmer eating people's faces and murdering them. You know, we, so the the level of anger also, uh, the level of anger that we feel toward these comments, we probably have to put that in check also. But getting back to the part of empathy, so you could figure out why, what the reason is for this person to post this. You might find out that you have more in common than you think. Because the reason you're likely posting it, I'll say, for example, the reason that I talk to the people I do in my videos and post the information I do is because I'm trying to spread good information that I feel that people need to hear. So when somebody comments with facts or so-called facts or whatever it is or an opposing viewpoint, I feel that it's because they're trying to do the same thing. So we actually have so much in common. We're, we're both trying to help people. You know, that's something we should focus on. Um, just because they're wrong, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I could be wrong, guys. Who knows who's right, right? Likely, we're both wrong. Likely, we part of, have part. Of, we both have part of the story right, and likely, we both have part of it wrong. And it really has to do with your point of view. It has to do with your perception. It has to do with everything you've ever been through in the past, from the time you were born up till now, has shaped the way you look at the world. And so what I have done is I've gone back, you know, and I've gone back through life and I, and I try to look at the way that I, I see the world and I start to question the way that I see the world. And I say, how did I come to this? You know, what are the things that I went through in my life that would make me feel this way? And um, I feel that that's something that's helped me out so much. And if you could start to do that in your own life, I think it'll bring you, it, it's possible that it might bring you to the same conclusions that I came to. And I mean, there's several different conclusions, but one of them is, like I just said before, so many of us in this society who feel that we are on opposite sides of an issue have so much more in common than we realize. And it's like this little thing that we have a difference that, but we're ready to go to war over this one issue. Um, 
whatever it may be. And I know that I could, you know, it doesn't seem like a little issue at the time. It, you know, any kind of these, these polarizing issues. Look at masks, for example, right? So we'll just talk about whether you should wear a mask in public. Some people think um, that you should wear a mask because it's going to help save your life, their life, others, people's lives, people's lives around you. Other people think that um, that's not the case. They think that it's actually harmful to your health and it doesn't help at all. And it'll actually make the situation worse. So I, I think you could see with both of those point of views, which there's evidence out there to support both of those point of views. So I could see how um, what I'm trying to say is Using my empathy, I can empathize with anybody who would wear a mask or not wear a mask. And I'm not saying that I should, uh, you know, like one of them is, I'm trying to think how I could put this. It's not about who's right and who's wrong. Yes, it is overall, exactly. But the first step is empathy, okay? This is what I'm talking about. And this is what, like, the similar message of Jesus to, to that you should treat others how you want to be treated and to not treat others how you don't want to be treated. It's the same thing. If you can get to the causation, what is causing this person who's standing across from you or who's on the other side of cyberspace uh, messaging you on Facebook and leaving comments, what is the causation of this? And if you could get to that and understand it and understand that they are really just trying to help, then you can have a different appreciation. You don't have to just blindly assign intent to them. And I think that's what happens in our minds. A lot of times what happens um, is people in the society, especially because a lot of people are so used to just using their ego all the time. We're stuck in this ego frame of mind. And <clears throat> I kind of just believe it has a lot to do with uh, the way we're raised in society and we go to school and all this stuff. So and you could see it in other societies. If you go to India, it's just the way that people are much different. Or if you just talk to somebody from another country in society, you could see how different cultures will produce different types of humans. So the types of humans that are produced over here are the ones that are very, very heavily set in their ego. So this isn't a judgment. I'm just calling it like I see it. This was me, you know, I still am to a lot of degree. But when you're stuck in this ego frame of mind anytime somebody comes at you with an opposing viewpoint uh what tends to happen is you will see that as a threat as an attack on you as an attack on your character but what's really going on is because this person who's speaking to you is likely stuck in their ego as well they're viewing their entire life kind of like a movie and this is what i do you just you sit back and you feel like you're the main character and all these other people in the world are secondary or and you know I'm not saying that um, that you think that you're the most important that's not always the case because when people have children they put them in front of them or there's other people that uh, somebody will idolize so they'll, they'll put people above on them on a pedestal but what I mean is, the understanding that you have of the other characters is similar to the understanding that you have to characters in a movie. You really don't know what's going on in their brain. So like if you were to read a book and the author assigned all these different thoughts and intents and emotions to everybody that you could read thoroughly, then you would understand. But if you're just watching a movie and if you're viewing your life like a movie, you might start to assign intentions to other people when they perform action. So if you're on Facebook and you post something you think is really nice and informative 
and there's, uh, you know, people need to hear it, and then somebody has an opposing viewpoint, and they post it, you might automatically just think to yourself, oh, this person hates me, or they're just an idiot, or, um, you know, they don't know what the hell's going on, they don't care, or whatever it is, that initial thought that you're going to have, that negative anger, and you just assign intent to them. And so I think if we could, if people in my life, I'll, I'll just say for my example, when I start to empathize with this with and, and immediately I'll say to myself okay this person is doing this because they are trying to help me see the light they believe they have some truth and facts and they want me to see it so then I'll look into it and if it's something I already understand and I and I don't disagree with or say if I think it's misinformation myself or if it's something I've already studied and I know um, I still don't have to get mad I could just say to myself okay well this person came across this information, you know, how would I feel if I was in his shoes? And these questions, no matter where they lead me, I feel they'll lead me to a place to respond better to this person, to this comment. And like I said, it doesn't mean you just sit back and uh, take any kind of abuse. If somebody is abusing you verbally or however it is, it doesn't mean you have to take it that way. But if you can view it from this point of view, then you can have some compassion and then the way you react is going to be a lot more conducive to actually uh, fixing the situation instead of making it worse. It's possible. So that's really what I wanted to get across in, that's really like the first thing I wanted to get across in this uh, lovely episode of the Brandon Bonanza solo episode. I know it's been a while since I've done a solo podcast. And I really enjoy these because I could just pick up a microphone and rant into it and I don't have to worry about green screens and I don't have to worry about visuals and all that stuff because later I could just edit it all. And it's great. And listen to this voice. I mean, wouldn't you want to record podcasts if you had a voice like this like every moment of your life? Just kidding, everybody. Sorry, there's no stages to stand on uh, and... It's been rough, and I get it. And that's another reason why I wanted to record this podcast, because there's a lot of people out there who feel like um, what's going on isn't right, and it's really driving them crazy. And there's a lot of people who are starting to see things that they really didn't see before. <clears throat> it's like it's like an awakening, and that's really... When you think of the word apocalypse, apocalypse is just an unveiling of knowledge. It's like a... It's a time when a bunch of knowledge is known. It's kind of like the end of The Wizard of Oz when Toto ripped back the curtain and we saw who was really behind the curtain and what was really going on. And some people, when that happens, when you get a, a they call also like the mask slips a little bit and you get a peek behind and what's going on back there, people react in different ways. And if you're somebody who has come across some truth recently, I think there's a few things that... Um, maybe a little bit of wisdom I can impart on you because I feel like I'm somebody who's been onto some of these uh, truths or whatever for a while. And I've seen how society really works for a long time. And I also didn't want to see it myself. But this is something, especially when it comes to aspects of our country and government, something that I've been onto for a very, very long time. So the first thing that happens when you start to see that um, this facade and the government and all the things on TV aren't really what they tell you. The first thing that starts to happen is you start to feel some fear um, because it could be very overwhelming because it, the, the real problem is 
once you realize one thing, like, so once you realize, for example, the Kennedy assassination, once, if you think to yourself and you look at all that, you know, and, and you realize that one time when George H.W. Bush was asked, hey, do you, hey, you know, it was like a casual interview in the 1980s, and uh, the, the person goes, hey, George H.W. Bush, who was, he was the vice president for Ronald Reagan, and then he was president after, right before Bill Clinton, for anyone who doesn't know. So from 1988 to 1992, George H.W. Bush, who's George W. Bush's dad, um, he was president. And in an interview, I think it was some time in the, maybe the 80s or 90s, I can't remember, uh, somebody was like, hey, do you remember where you were when John F. Kennedy was assassinated? And that was the big question back then. That was kind of like when people say to you, hey, do you remember where you were on 9-11? You know, and everyone in this generation knows exactly where they were if you're old enough. And the people in my mother's generation know exactly where they were when JFK was killed. So when somebody asked George H.W. Bush in an interview, hey, do you remember where you were when JFK was assassinated? And he thought about it for a while, and then he said, you know, I, I don't recall. <laughs> and and then when you dig a little deeper and you find out that he was actually in Dallas, provably at least the day before, and then a town or two over uh, the day of with a private plane at his um, – <laughs> at his command, you know, so he's flying around in this private jet. It makes you really wonder, like, how could you not know, you know, George H.W. Bush, how could you not know where you were when JFK was killed? So so once you once you realize that, once you look into the the um assassination of Martin Luther King and you realize that the Martin Luther King family was actually awarded money in the nineties in a civil suit because they were able to prove that the government was involved in the killing of, of MLK, of Martin Luther King. You know, you, you start to look into it and you see things like Jesse Jackson changed his room so he'd have a, an outward-facing room. You know, so once you see through these things, no matter how old they are, you know, you can go back to the Gulf of Tonkin, what got us into Vietnam, all these little lies. Once you see past them and you realize that nobody since them, in power in the United States anyway, has addressed them, no president has addressed the the Kennedy assassination while they were president and said, hey, this looks a little fishy. Once you realize that, you have to accept that, um, you know, they're either they're all in on it or they don't care it, whatever. Or they just realize, hey, if we play by the rules, it won't happen to me. So I don't care. So once you realize that they're basically complicit in this lie and then you start to see other lies around you, it, it kind of um, it, it pretty much all could come tumbling down like a house of cards. And the reason why I'm recording some of this podcast is for people who this is happening to right now. You know, you start to look around, especially in this day of information, because you can get lost in some crazy rabbit holes on the Internet. Especially when it comes to conspiracy and there's a lot of stuff out there. So what I'm here to tell you is that if you're one of these people who came across one of these tr some of this truth or some of this these facts and you're it's just overwhelming you um, I have some advice for you the first thing you need to do and somebody told this to me a while ago and they said that stop going down rabbit holes the first thing you need to do is get self-knowledge you need to know how you work you need to know about yourself and about your personalities and about what's going on inside your head because if not, um, it, the fear and the anxiety and the other emotions that you feel could really drive you could really drive one a little nutty, um, especially if you have this worldview 
that you've had that you held since you were a child and it, it wants something all of a sudden there's a crack in it and then you realize it's just a house of cards and life isn't really what you thought it was it could be very overwhelming so my advice is to um get a get like a daily practice maybe like a meditation and i know i talk about this all the time and people are like oh you know oh, it's so hard i can't meditate it's impossible well, then if you say it's impossible, you're right. It's impossible. There's nothing I could do to help you. But what I can say is that really what people should do in their situation, what has helped me is to just get a practice. And even if it means sitting down uh, on a chair or on the floor for five or ten minutes a day in complete silence and just dealing with what comes up, what keeps coming to your brain. So instead of trying to use outward stimulation to drown out what's inside of you, let it come up, sit there, um, you know, whatever it is. And it might be horrifying and I understand it. I mean, I understand that it could be horrifying. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, that's really what I believe a lot of people in the society are doing, are doing, they're engaging in escapism. That's the reason why a lot of people have, uh, addictions and it's not, because of the substance as much as it is because of the psychology of the person and um, they're trying to run from something. So what is it you were trying to run from? That's what you need to face. This is the story at the center of every single hero's journey movie that you see. Think of the matrix. You know, what was Neo afraid of? He, he was Neo in the matrix thought he wasn't good enough. He thought he wasn't the one. Why? Why? Because he had self hate because the way he was raised in the society, he was taught to hate himself. He was taught that the feelings that he felt and the intuition and the voice that came from the inside was wrong and that was evil and that was the voice of the devil. And then he has to listen to the voice of wiser people outside of him. You know, he had to listen to his boss. He had to listen to the government. He had to listen to society and he had to dress the way they told him. He had to act the way they told him. And anything that came from within, that's evil and you need to fight that. And what happens when somebody's taught like that and they're raised like that from a child? And that's what I argue. That's how we're raised from a child. We're always uh, raised to conditioned in a way to where we want to we need our validation externally. We always look for we look externally to sources of validation instead of trying to validate ourselves. And that's really like I said, it comes from self-hate because we're taught to hate ourselves because we're not perfect. Um that's what we're told anyway. And I'm here to tell you, no, that we are perfect. That's the problem. That's not the, well, that's the problem in their talking or in society's thinking is that we are born perfect and we don't need anything from anyone else. And I know that sounds crazy. And you're like, what do you mean? That's nuts. But yeah, okay, so we do need things from other people. But what I'm saying is we don't need anything that we don't want. <laughs> like, so if there's something... If you feel in your bones that something's wrong, something's probably wrong. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's it's not this voice that you need to shut up and to quell and to go out and go drinking and to do drugs and to go out and have a lot of sex or listen to, to a bunch of music. And, and I'm not saying any of these things are bad at all. You could do all these things. That's great. But what I'm saying is why are you doing these things? Are you doing them to enjoy them? You know, uh, when you smoke a cigarette, is it because 
you are like Stephen King and you want to smoke one cigarette a year or a couple cigarettes a year because you like the rush that you get? Or are you smoking, chain smoking, because it helps you to not think about whatever it is that you don't want to think about? Um, you know, and like I said, I'm not perfect, everybody. These are things... <laughs> This is these are things that I struggle with also on a daily basis. These are things that everybody struggles with, but these are the things that nobody really wants to talk about. They don't want to talk about it. They want to give you a pill. <clears throat> they say, "Here, take this pill. It'll be fine." Um, and that's that's what I believe most of the anxiety in the world that people feel. I, I could tell you from my own experience, this is why I feel this way because a lot of the anxiety majority of the anxiety I felt in my life and I still feel it's because that I'm either not doing what I'm supposed to be doing or I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing at all so and what I mean by that is a I'm not on my path so I feel like my path is to do things like this so right now I'm exactly on my path <laughs> I'm recording a podcast and I'm trying to spread a little bit of knowledge that I've learned through my life experience so I feel that's kind of like my path. So right now, technically, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. This is great, and I feel awesome because of it. So that's one thing when I say, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And then the other thing is, are you doing what you're not supposed to be doing? And that's a whole other thing. Is So that could be, are you engaging in escapism? Are you um, on Facebook? Like, for example, <laughs> I'm saying you shouldn't be on Facebook. <clears throat> Excuse me. What I'm saying is, are, if you have something you want to say and you have a, a something you want to express, how are you expressing? Are you expressing it through posts on Facebook? Are you painting or are you out there painting? Are you expressing yourself that way? Are you writing a book? Are you recording a video? Are you recording a podcast? Are you, um, you know, how are you expressing yourself? Are you out there uh, doing yoga? There's there's positive ways of expression and negative ways of expression, and if you want to really get conspiratorial, what if there are people who know that other humans need to express themselves? So they're like, hey, I have an idea. Why don't we build this platform where everybody can feel like they're expressing themselves? They get a little bit of that, kind of like masturbation as opposed to sex. So we'll create this the site will call it uh, Fedbook or whatever, Facebook, and we'll get it to where people can kind of express how they feel just enough so they don't go crazy. But in the process, they will go crazy because eventually they're going to start screaming at each other and, and develop echo chambers where they only listen to people that have the same point of views as them. And then when they in, um, encounter a point of view that's different, they just automatically uh, unload a bunch of... Uh, facts that they believe to perceive are facts that support their argument, but are they really talking to the person? Are they really looking into their face? You know, so that's this is what I'm talking about. How are you expressing in the world? Are you just expressing on Facebook and Twitter? And my advice to you, the second piece of advice is after you sit down for a while, a couple times a day, or um, once a day for a few days, you sit down five or ten minutes. Uh, after that. Or even during that, maybe you write down what's coming to you, what's bothering you, what's on your mind. Start to write it down. Start to talk about it. Record a podcast. Record it on your phone. Write it down. There's no excuses. All right, everybody, you could go to Ocean State Job Lot, which is a store down the street from me. Even during the lockdown, I could go there and buy watercolor paints, and I could buy a canvas, and I could paint. I could buy colored pencils. You know, you can get on the internet and draw stuff. You can order on Amazon. This... I believe is one of the first steps you start to, and this took me years to figure out. So 
you're welcome. All right, look at all this. I'm just giving to you for free this knowledge, but it's my path. It's part of my job. I'm expressing myself, so I feel great, and this is why I'm trying to tell you to do it too. Because instead of posting something on Facebook, because I do that too. You see me if you follow me. I'll post something that I feel people should know. But how do I feel about it after I post it? And then somebody comments. You know, do I feel good? Like, oh yeah, I got him. But you know, I'm so I'm sure people listening to this, everybody knows how they feel after they post something on Facebook, right? Everyone does that. But do you know what it's like <laughs> after you made a video, after you toiled on a video and editing and getting it just right, and then you finally post it out to the world? Do you know what that's like? I know what it's like, and it feels fantastic. So what I'm saying is you have to find a positive way of expression um, and, and to create in the world. And if you are somebody who does this, then... Good for you. Keep doing it. And if you're not, give it a shot, man. I don't. What are you waiting for? You, you're just sitting in your house yelling at people because they're not wearing a ma- mask, or you're yelling at people because they are wearing a mask, or you're yelling at people because they said this doctor said that, and then that guy said this, and this is what you should do. Is that what you're doing? You know, is that healthy? Maybe if you feel a certain way, do some research. Look into it, but I I, uh, I would say that you should look at opposing viewpoints too. Look at what the other people are saying. Why are they saying that? And write about that too. Write about both if that's what you want to do. Make a video about it. Make a painting. Paint about it. How does you know, how does this situation make you feel? Put it down on a pad somewhere. Um, however, you, I, I'm probably missing. Oh, music. If you want to make music, there you go. Make a song about it. <laughs> Sing a song. Make a video. Make a parody. Make some comedy. How about that? Why don't you make some jokes about what's going on? I think everybody can use some more jokes about what's going on. Think about this. I was thinking about this. If if you're at a protest, uh, protesting whatever side it was, and there are uh, authorities there that were trying to stop you from protesting or whatever it was, or they were are mad at you, what if you started making jokes and not at their expense, but you just started making jokes at the expense of uh, the leaders, the people who are above us, the ones that are putting us in this situation, or the people who say they're, you know, whoever, or, or even about yourself. You know, what if you're like, what kind of fucking protester am I? Look at, well, I'm, a, I'm a moron. Like, I didn't even bring my gas mask. I don't know, whatever. That's a terrible joke, but you know what I'm saying? What if you did that? <laughs> so make jokes, make art, make music. Don't make things on Facebook. Get away from Facebook. Give it a break. Give Twitter a break. Connect with people. Look into their eyes. Make art. (laughs) All right, well, I think that's about enough. Um, If you need any more, just rewind two minutes and keep listening. And then keep rewinding two minutes and listen again. Make things. Create. But know what you're doing. Create for yourself. Don't create for other people. Because when you're on Facebook, you're creating for Mark Zuckerberg. That's what you're doing. All right? You're creating for his wallet. (laughs) And I'm not saying to get... You know, I would say get rid of it because it's terrible. But I still have it, so... You know, you don't have to totally get rid of something. But just know that there are better ways, and that's what you're doing. When you're on there, you're basically mentally masturbating. You know, make a blog. And then when somebody uh, disagrees, you can say, hey, check out my blog, dude. Look, I wrote about this. Check this out. And then you might inspire them. You might actually change your mind. And if you don't even change their mind, you might get them to to, um, start creating and might make the world a better place. Well, anyway, if you like what I said here, uh, you can check me out at my website, morelawsmoreproblems.com, and make me essential, everybody, because, you know, I'm right now, technically, I'm non-essential. Can you believe that? So if you want to make me essential, I do perform essential duties, such as uh, I read tarot. So <laughs> I know that's a little crazy and out there for people, but I don't view it as something that's 
quote unquote magic. I just look at tarot cards like a mirror. So when I ever card I pull, I can hold it up. And if I see a problem in that card or something that looks weird, I could try to equate it to my life. I, and I use it like a mirror and say, hey, where am I screwing up or what can I do better? Or, and it's the same thing for other people. When I'm talking to somebody, I'll talk to them for a while and we look at some of the cards and uh, that's that's basically what happens. So if you're interested in that, hit me up at brandon at comedylol.com. You can also follow me on Subscribestar at subscribestar.com forward slash more laws, more problems. And you can help to support me for as little as $3.30 a month. But there's other tiers, so you can go even higher if you want. And there's different bonuses at every level. You can also check us out on Patreon. All that stuff's at ComedyLOL.com, so you can go there and even give us money on PayPal. Uh, so anyway, let me know what you think. If you like this, comment, subscribe, like, share it. Get this message out to people. I think it's really what people need to hear. Or you know what? Tell me to fuck off. I don't care either way. But I'll know one thing. I feel much better because I express myself creativity. Uh, <laughs> I creatively, I can't even talk. I'm trying to. Here we go. Let's try this again. I creatively expressed myself today and I feel great. Bye. Comedy LOL Podcast Network.